The Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. It's a bad sound check. Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast, the podcast of clean and sober. K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R and SinceRightNow.com with your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. Uh, hey, hello. So as far as I can tell, I can't hear, I can't hear you. We're back. Okay. okay. Fourth or fifth live episode. Yeah. Um, I bet you can't hear me because I can't hear myself. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can totally hear. Okay. You. Can everybody hear us? Anybody there that wants to chat with us? Tell us if they can hear us. That's awesome. Anyone? Right. Um, anyway, so here we are. I'm pretty sure uh, our jet's Jeff switching. Uh, Jeff switching headphones. Okay, here we are. All right. We're live. It's been a while, you guys. We missed. Can you hear me? No, I can't oh, hear you. Well. I mean, I can hear you and the thing. Okay. Um, so we missed an episode. We uh, we were... What were we doing? I was on vacation. Oh, what's, did you guys not go last week? No, we didn't go. Oh, yeah, what you know what? Uh, Jeff I was on couldn't vacation. make it. Matt... Somehow, I, I think I bailed. Um, I just... Uh, I, I found, We didn't have a guest, and... Uh, it just didn't happen. <laughs> it just didn't happen. That's fair. So I apologize to the listeners. Um, I don't want to be that show that just records whenever we feel like it. Yeah. And uh, we haven't been. We've no. typically gone week after week yeah. for um, you know, now thing. into our third year. So yep. we've only skipped a couple, last week being one. And now we're back this week with um, a guest that uh, I imagine many of you are familiar with. And we're about to dial her in. Unless Jeff and I haven't seen each other in a while. I didn't know if we want to do a little catching yeah, up. Yeah, I was on vacation last on? week with my family. So it was nice. In Colorado, saw the family, saw my family, mom, dad, um, sister who's doing okay. Like she looks reasonably sober. Interesting. She's still kind of a dry drunk though. I'm going to say that. Like you can get sober, but you can still bring your asshole self into the sobriety. I think that's where she's at. Don't I know it. That's kind of my opinion of what's happening, but I'm, you know, not I'm not taking her inventory. But that's what I. That's that was my. She's still kind of an asshole. <laughs> she's still. <good. laughs> all right. But well, she's sober, so that's um, good. Yeah, we're all proud of her. All right. Well, um, and we had a guy tonight at the meeting, three days, and after the meeting, I was like, "So how's it going?" He's like, "Well, I got to get rid of all these pot plants in my house." <laughs> That'd be a good start. I'm like that's a good start. Did you have trouble throwing away? It took me a long time to throw away my marijuana paraphernalia. Like when I got sober, alcohol was fine, um, but I like had pipes and bongs and shit. And it just, I don't know why. Like I had half, half my foot still in the, I'm going to smoke pot sometime. Yeah. No, I, I made a clean, I made did a you clean, just go for clean it? getaway. Well, because I, I literally, I did my last, my, well, kind of my final geographic Yeah. with, uh, when I'm just like, okay, I'm leaving the place where I have crashed and burned and, uh, yeah, yeah I'm going to go get my shit together somewhere else so so you threw it did you like have a box and throw all your shit in a box and just toss um, it or did you have that much stuff man uh i didn't have a lot of like pot stuff and you know there's no accoutrement really with like ecstasy at least not back back then i don't know what the people do with their molly now yeah um <laughs> but uh and uh yeah, Coke. I mean, I just, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, threw away your $100 threw away bills. My, yeah, threw away my $100 bills. <laughs> I'm not, I'm throwing this away. Um, my Coke, 100 But, uh, yeah, I, I clipped my pinky nail. <laughs> and, uh, and Got I rid of off. my little glass vial. All right. All right. So, uh, but, but, yeah, I think people have trouble with that. People, like, when they get sober, they just want to kind of hold. I could tell. He's like, oh, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to commit to this and throw away all this stuff, you know, which is hard. I get that. But you, you got to do it, right? You got to do it. And that's Fucking actually an interesting, I'm do going it. to, um, I'm going to say that's an interesting segue. Yeah. Because in some ways, mm-hmm. maybe we'll talk about that with Claire. Okay. Um, about, because Claire and I were briefly talking about sort of the delineation of the before and after and how with the behaviors yeah. and the substances there may be, but as a person, there's not a, there's not a line, right? You, you don't, there's not a line that you're still you. Yeah, you're just not pouring all this ridiculous shit into yourself, right? So let, let's call Claire. In. 
Let's okay. get Claire into this conversation. And uh, let me. Are you hearing her number dial? Not right now. I'm okay. not. But that's I think this is going to be the telltale sign of whether I'm actually hooked up. Hey, Claire. Hello. How's Hi. it going? Good. How are you doing? Can't hear. Still can't sober. Hear. Uh, still sober. For some reason, <laughs> Jeff is having some headphone issues. Interesting. Um, oh, I know why. Can, you all, can all the listeners and Claire give us, give me five seconds to, uh, to just get something. Jeff's headphones working? Okay, here we go. Sorry, Claire. Oh, yeah, something's going on back there. That's working. There we go. Holy cow. Everybody here? Hi. All righty. Um, so, uh, welcome, Claire. Thank you, Chris. And for some reason, now we're Hi, not Claire. hearing anything. Are you hearing anything? I can, but you're delayed by two sec. by like, you know. Okay. Claire, where are you? I'm, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Oh, cool. Is it rainy and awesome? Uh, don't move here. <laughs> don't Come move on. here. Claire, that's like... It's terrible. There are locusts <laughs> and taxes and... Um, everyone's a Trump supporter. Don't move here. Everyone's a Trump supporter. <laughs> that can't be true. Oh, why would I lie to you? <laughs> Stranger on the internet. That's right. That's funny. So that, that's oh. protecting your idyllic corner of the PN dubs, right? Yeah. It is. Okay. It is. Yeah, no, Portland I, is home. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I've... Well, well, well I'll, I'll go with that story. Don't move yeah. there, people. It's horrible. Yeah. Don't move to Portland. Don't move to Portland. Well, I mean, I, when I was in Seattle, there was a big, like, go home Californians thing going yeah. on. Like, yeah, it's a thing. Ago, or decades ago. It's still, it's it. still a thing. Yeah, they move. Like, Denver, that's what everyone says. All these asshole Californians. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, California is a very populous state, let's not forget. That's no, my, my issue isn't the, the new people moving here, because I've met some incredible people um, just in the last year who were recent transplants. Um, my friend Merrill Williams is this amazing writer who moved to Portland from Ohio, um, kind of as an experiment. Um, I met her while I was standing in line for brunch. Cool. So you didn't <laughs> you know, know her in Ohio as a writer. You just met her. In no, oh, cool. no, I met her on on a street corner and, um, we just, she's just a really awesome person. So I think it's not, you know, I don't have anything against Californians. Some of my best friends are Californians. Okay. Uh, I think it's like I think it's like anywhere else, man. It's like it's the cultural locust that I have a problem with. It's the person who moves somewhere and wants to live there as a tourist right. and wants to take. Right. Like you, you and yourself are not cool, so stay out of my cool city. Well, and wants to adopt the garb and the ways. And, oh and yes, sort of <laughs> into, the native custom. Right. Um, so. Uh, but before we get too far, yeah. I, I haven't done mm. a proper introduction yep. because despite, and this happens all the time, yeah. uh, as regular yes. listeners know, I do pre-call to make sure everything's working. And then, of course, nothing works when yep. we get so the guest on. So that so, happened. Um, Acing it. <laughs> yeah, I finally have everything hooked up. And uh, I neglected to ask uh, if we're going full name or... You can use my name. full name. All right. Because when you got three... It's awesome to use right. all of them. I agree. You know, my, my parents picked those out for me, so I use them as much as I can. So um, many of you uh, are, are likely familiar, and if you're not, um, we hope this will help you become familiar with uh, Claire Rudy Foster, who um, is sort of, uh, I was trying to figure out what to call it, in some ways sort of like our... our Poet Laureate? I've been called a lot of things. Was a convers- <laughs> there was a conversation we were both sort of part of uh, a femme, femme des lettres. Oh, um, yeah, which, uh, there you go. Which uh, Christy didn't didn't particularly take to that. Um, Are you practicing for your move to Canada? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that made you laugh. There yeah. you go. <laughs> um, but uh, so anyway, she's she, uh, sort of a, a writer in residence. Mm-hmm. At the Recovery Revolution, yep. uh, which if you aren't familiar with her work, um, both at the Recovery Revolution and elsewhere, um, by the end of this, we'll, we'll make sure you know where to find it all. Um, but there's plenty to be had at the Recovery Revolution dot online. Um, and many of you know Claire mm-hmm. um, by way of the Greater Recovery Community uh, Social Social What's it called Social Media Community. Yes. Mm. All right. Ham-handed intro over. Um, we uh, 
in the pre-call we were talking about writing i mean which is how i came to know you um i think mm-hmm. as, yeah did as, you read a piece of hers i'm I, like i, I gotta know this girl i I, think, <laughs> I gotta know this writer i think so i mean I, I i can't remember exactly how it came about but i just know very early on you were very generous and shared an excerpt from your uh the novel that yeah the yeah. novel yeah, um, Chris and I met, uh, prob- I think, via Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. We were both part of the hashtag XA community, and um, which has brought a bunch of really excellent people into my life. And, um, you know, especially, you know, life changes. Life is fluid. And knowing that there is a community literally in my pocket of mm-hmm. like-minded people has been invaluable. And it introduced me to Chris. And over time, it kind of came out that I was a writer and, you know, I read the site and kind of kept mm-hmm. up with it. And at some point he did, he did very kindly say, Hey, you know, I hear you're a writer. I'm looking for content. Do you have anything? And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I sent him an excerpt from a novel that is titled a well-to-do family mm-hmm. And uh, that is currently in a developmental edit with Uligan Press here in Portland, nice. which is pretty rad. Yeah, yeah awesome. they're great. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, but I sent Chris a chapter, and the chapter is published on Recovery Revolution under the title A, a Letter Home. It's a letter written by um, a young man, one of my main characters, who is a recovering heroin addict who is in yet another rehab the rehabs uh, become increasingly bizarre, <laughs> you know? It's like, well, what about this? You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, this one's Kabbalistic, and this one they set you loose in the woods for three weeks, and, you know, this one you have to pray every ten minutes or whatever. And so he's writing a letter to his sister to um, sort of tell her where he is and and try to, um, you know, manipulate her into letting him stay with her when he's out of rehab in, oh, by the way, a week. So, you know, in typical junkie fashion, it's like, oh, man, I missed you so much and things have been crazy. And can I come sleep on your couch, please? Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) So, yeah, that that kind of uh, flipped the switch. And uh, Chris has been a great advocate for my work and um, been really generous with his time and his resources. Um, It's it's great being part of it. Well, I appreciate that. And (laughs) Uh, yeah, so yeah, Yeah, I, I just it's funny. I read Runaway on the plane today. Nice and light. A little light piece, you know. But I was I was struck by the fact that it's funny because we were talking about this. Obviously, you have a dark side, right? Oh, and, and maybe, maybe. a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> little bit. But, but it's funny when you get into recovery. It's it's a. I, I've never known what to do with that side. You know, it's come out in different ways, and it's certainly there. And I read this piece, and I thought, oh my god, that's beautiful. Did you write that in sobriety? It's beautiful because it's such a. Uh, and I'm sure all of the writing, you know, it was mm. just terrific. It was mm-hmm. just a terrific piece, and the writing Thank was you. really good. Um, but that, did you get have to write this stuff because this is your expression of this dark side, or? You know, that's an interesting question. Um, I that story is one of a series that I'm doing for the top shelf uh, writing at Recovery Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris and I had agreed that we would do a series of fiction, uh, short stories mm-hmm. that all involve addiction in one form or another. Okay. And you know, as I said, um, you know, I've been sober since 2007. Okay. Um, so. I've been around, and I was out for quite a while as well. I was uh, drinking and using for long enough to get a, you know, <laughs> long enough to go all the way to the bottom right. and skid there for quite, yeah. <laughs> quite a bit of time. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, you know, in, in sobriety, you know, I have my own experiences, obviously, but I've also maintained contact with the sober community, you know, in and out of recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, spending time with people who are still in active addiction or coming out or who are in rehab or, you know, in, in groups, that sort of thing. And so this piece came out of, um, a lot of the shared memory, I think. Um, I mean, there's a saying that, you know, what do you get 
when you sober up a drunken horse thief, yeah. you get a sober horse thief. Right, yeah. Um, and this, this story was interesting for me to write because, um, as she says herself, my narrator is totally impenitent. Mm -hmm. She does not feel guilt. Mm -hmm. Um, she doesn't feel grief. She enjoys what she does to some degree. Mm -hmm. Um, she calls herself a beautiful monster and she is. And so it was really, uh, yeah, she's really kind of fucked up and, um, she's hard to judge, I think. Um, and so it was very uncomfortable to write this piece uh, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, I think in recovery writing, there's pressure to like have a happy ending, yeah. you know, to have like the turn yeah. where she's like, oh, I've seen the error of my right. ways and well, there's white light and shit everywhere. And I'm so, so you know, <laughs> what, what, what the fuck ever, you know, yeah. that wasn't my story. You know, right. that's not how I got sober. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I I wrote from her perspective and I thought if I was that girl with those skills and that desire mm. and it was that intense, I would get out of there as fast as I could. Mm. Got it. And but, so, but yeah. The, the power of that, I don't know what, what it was. She's being driven to find her yeah. boyfriend again, right? Her this yes. love of her life. this Her partner, her, her pen, yeah. like whatever he is. Whatever yeah. he is to her. And but you could t- I loved it because it was as dark as it got. There's something as an addict or someone who is easily addicted to whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something still crazy romantic. I don't know. There's something about it that that felt it wasn't all. It didn't feel bad. It just felt like I get it or I, on some level. Yeah, you really relate to this person yeah. not in a sympathetic way, but in a mm-hmm. like. Like just you, she's lost herself. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I don't know. yeah. I think I think that again, like there's a lot of pressure um, within the community to to be like, well, I'm sober now. I'm different. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't have. I have divorced myself from this darkness that's mm-hmm. inside of me. And we yeah. talk about the light side and the dark side. And you know, mm-hmm. I came into the light and all this stuff. I think that that can be a really helpful narrative trope. I think that it's mm-hmm. important that we when we tell our stories, it's like at some point things got better. But the fact is that, you know, I'm always going to be an addict. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be an alcoholic. That's who I am. I can't change that anymore than I can change my fingerprints. And so me pretending that, you know, that I suddenly became this enlightened being is not true and not fair. Um, When I think about, you know, when, when I first got sober, I remember meeting people who had time you know, who'd been sober for a year or more and looking at them and thinking, oh man, you are, you are like Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) How, how, how are you doing this? Um, And then, and when I stuck around, I was like, well, you're just as human as I am. And um, it was, it was really freeing to think that because I didn't have to pretend to be good. You know, um, I'm not a bad person trying to get good. I'm a sick person trying to get well. Yeah. And I think anybody who's used drugs understands what getting well means. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I love my darkness. You know, it is part of me. And I, I wouldn't trade that because I think that I would lose some depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, it's tempting sometimes to want to clean it up or pretend it's not there. Um, and mm-hmm. it's true. Like, I don't generally go shouting my story from the rooftops. I don't think that's what it's for. But yeah. But I think that acknowledging that part of myself is really important. Um, and I think that it's important for people who are trying to get sober and get into recovery to know that, like, you actually don't have to be good. Right. Right. All the exactly. time. <laughs> it's, it's, well, and it, you don't have to deny who you are. No. Yeah. No. You don't have to do shit. You right. just have to not pick up. Yeah. Right. You have to do one thing and it's not pick up. Yeah. Right. But, but it's funny. I think in recovery and recovery circles it's very you, you don't dwell in this and i get it so I, and i'm wondering you know it, it's a it's still sort of a dangerous area to to mm. dwell in that darkness but it's mm-hmm. very attractive still there's some it yeah. has all the sexiness that it ever held yeah. you know like it's mm-hmm. all still there all that mm-hmm. excitement or whatever that was that was so powerful about it and you mm-hmm. and if you don't do something with it it comes out in weird ways we live, yeah. we live in like you know business world and and AA, mm-hmm. it's all very just. Let's be happy and collaborative, and mm-hmm. you know, it's all good. But there's still this side to us, and so yeah. I, I love the fact that this, you know, you found a way to take that and and write these wonderful stories. You know, well, Just thank you. Yeah. 
It's really, really Yeah, cool. definitely God brought her. Um, I have a, one of my homeboys has been sober for 22 years now. Oh, like a really long time. Like mm. his sobriety is old enough to vote and drive a car, <laughs> um, which is pretty cool. And he says that if you, he's, he says to do sober what you did drunk. Right. Really? You know what? I, yes. Do and that do you, sober what you did drunk. Like try mean? it. Go to go to a bar and pick up a girl. Oh. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like doing jump tonight. on stage tonight, baby. <laughs> like go go to a right show. Now. Go to a show and get on the stage. Yeah. Interesting. Um oh, dance cool. on the tables. I have danced on tables sober. I've yeah. been eighty sixth from a bar sober. Wow. Um you know what I'm saying? It's like that's you don't have sobriety. to be that is you don't have to be drunk sobriety. to be an asshole is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> well, see, that's interesting. That's pretty fascinating. What were you doing? Yeah. Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> I would. <laughs> I was being very badly behaved. Um but I was sober, so I chose it. That's right. <laughs> But no, it's freeing. It's like I didn't I didn't get cleaned up so that I could pretend to be good. Um, and neither did my characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm exploring more and more the idea that like, you know, you get sober, yeah, and it's really exciting and meaningful, and then life goes on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then what? <laughs> yeah. And that's 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 sort of that comes up over and over in sobriety, right? And now what? Yeah. Now what? Now yeah, what? now what? And I think uh, is it Mark Mark Goodson who who keeps that uh, website the um, Miracle of the Mundane right. is that what it's called Yes Yeah he he writes a lot about that stuff about just finding you know not only finding the transcendent in the everyday but also um, just appreciating the fact that like hey I'm sober today and life continues to be life mm-hmm. and I think that's really important you know mm-hmm. it's um you, being sober can feel really incredible but it's also not a superpower yeah yeah and you and it's funny so we talk a lot about on this podcast about creativity and using and you have that long story about how like (laughs) all of us we we all had our heroes of these great writers oh yeah and thought oh this is licensed to <laughs> license to thrill right? I can yeah like all oh, these guys all this awesome work that these people are putting out and they're all yeah. crazy but but for you yeah it didn't quite work out that way it it did not dude uh <laughs> we, we did we did not get the, new information has come to light we did not get the desired results um I, God, that was such. A, and drank, I right? I did. You know, I would say that I I produced words, but I was not writing. Um, yeah. In that essay, uh, which is uh, "write sober, edit sober," yeah. which is a play on the phrase frequently misattributed to Hemingway, um, who never wrote drunk, as far as I know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I talk about you know my process of you know finding both finding myself at the bottom of my habit and also, you know, finding out who I really needed to be. You know, um, I think like, like a lot of people, I got really hung up on, you know, Hunter S. Thompson and Sylvia Plath and Kerouac. I mean, we have so many great examples of people who were creative in spite of, you know, or possibly because of, and I was like, fuck, that's perfect. I'm already doing those things. (laughs) I am a writer, but you know, that's, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, you know, you don't just put a, put a jar on your head and call yourself, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to stop that sentence right there. (laughs) That's my kind of, you just, it just doesn't work that way. You know, I thought that, um, and this is something that I struggle with elsewhere in my life, that I could act myself into right, you know, mm-hmm. right thinking. Yeah. Um, that is sometimes true, but not always true. But it sounds I like thought you that it, a hell of a shot. Like you really, I did. To drink, I did. And, use and write. I did. And like I said, I was making words. I was mm-hmm. sitting down every day and writing something down. So yes, I was. I was a writer in the most literal sense of the word, if you will. Right. Um, but, you know, the, the memory of finding the draft, you know, and as a sober person, taking those pages out and looking at them and realizing that, oh, my God, you have literally, like, you've, a- you've actually written the same page over mm. and over. I mean, almost verbatim, over and over and over I mean, that for me was the perfect symbol 
of what it is to be addicted. Yeah. You know, every day you sit down, you do the same thing. You're mm-hmm. in the moment. You think you're really hot. Yeah. You put it away. You forget. And the next day you do the same shit all over again. Yeah. It was horrible. It was yeah. humiliating. Do you, and do you still have that? that I do. Yeah. I do. You mm-hmm. you cannot see it. No. No, I just. It's like, you're right. It's the perfect symbol well, of, of being God. an addict. Like, here's 20, it is. 300 pages on the same scene that you've written over and over and over again. More or less, yeah. I think I. think I, what, did, what did I have? I spent 15 pages describing a painting, which is of no importance to the story. <laughs> I spent 30 pages describing this guy's Victrola, you know, like the old wooden record mm-hmm, player. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are mature adults, you know what that is, Um, which was, you know, as an alcoholic, uh, really important for the reader to understand that the Victrola had been converted into a liquor cabinet. So instead of LPs underneath, uh um, and so great in great detail, each thing lovingly and excruciatingly described. (laughs) It was so bad. And then, you know, I, 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 you know, put, put a couple drinks in my narrator and have him stare at a blank can. You know, it's, it's literary fiction. He stares at a blank canvas. He thinks about a woman. He goes to the kitchen. He stares at the telephone. Then he goes to the top of the stairs and just as this manuscript fragment is ending, he's like standing at the top of the stairs and he is about to take a total face plant all the way down this flight of stairs. It is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> it is like I was reading, I'm like, this is a this is like a spiritual punishment. <laughs> it's like Groundhog Day. It's like a bad version of Groundhog yeah. Except that it's me. Like it's not fair. <laughs> Where's my Bill Murray? Where's my Andy McDowell? Yeah. You know, and I just looked at it and I thought, this is just such a pile of shit. This is awful. You cannot do this again. And uh, yeah, that that's my greatest fear is that I will run out of material and that I will repeat the same stories over and over again without ever coming to the center of them. They'll just go in circles. Do you feel that way now? No. I Not now, no, oh. but I think I don't feel that way because I go to great lengths to not do those things. Yeah. And I think you know what I'm saying? Particularly at this moment. Right now you seem especially prolific. Yeah. And I mean, you're yeah. in the zone. In- it's been a good summer. <laughs> yeah, it's been amazing. It's, um, it is amazing. Um, yeah, man, like sometime. Okay, so got it. So I met a guy. Right. <laughs> I met a guy. And um, sometime in March, um, a bunch of different things in my life started, like the pieces started to converge. Um, I started working um, at this really, really weird and boring job. Mm. Um, just really a bizarre job. I I met someone who makes me feel like just cosmically effervescent. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, we'll skip ahead a bit. Effervescent. <laughs> swipe, swipe left. Swipe left. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and then um, and I started. You know, I just kept meeting these like really interesting people. Um, you know, this this friend of mine, she's really close friend came back into my life more. Um, just, you know, things started to come together. And then this summer has just been an explosion of people wanting to read my writing. And I can tell you that that is so gratifying. Yeah. And, and it's just so a, good. Do you, do you think that, uh, uh, anything like a spiritual convergence happened or you were just ready for it? Did you believe anything's like that? Like, uh, um, I, I kind of do. Well, no, no. Like I don't believe in like, I don't believe in a higher power who keeps no. score. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, now you are ready. I will give you a fucking yeah. pony. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got a pony? No, I, <laughs> motherfucker. Fuck you. <laughs> you got a pony? <laughs> That's right. You put a car seat on that pony and put it on the highway. Um, no, I, I think, I think it's just luck. I really do. Yeah. I think, um, you know, this is something, this kind of consistency and exposure to my work is something that I have been wanting and working towards for a decade. Hey, you worked your ass off. I did. Yeah. And and now I'm getting lucky. And I'm, I think that it's not like, 
I'm being given a gift as much as I'm ready to receive my luck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I think about back in the day, you know, when I was just getting loaded all the time, um, I felt like life was basically me super drunk in a hammock on a summer afternoon, just watching shit pass me. That was the thinking, of life. Like, that was it, man. That, it's like, I, awesome. there, there goes that cool person in there or that job. And it's like, well, you're just stuck in the hammock and now I'm out of the hammock. Um, one of my favorite jokes is like, that's why they call it active addiction because when you get sober, you do a lot of shit. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you are not idle in recovery. And, um, I've just worked my ass off. You know, I've over the last 10 years, I've, you know, I earned an MFA, uh, through a, a local, um, a local university here in Oregon, um, I've gotten a pushcart nomination. Mm-hmm. I've had my short fiction published and recognized in a whole lot of different literary journals. Like I'm, I'm out there yeah. and I feel like I was investing in, I was putting in the time then for what I'm enjoying now. And that is so gratifying. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. That is, that's fantastic. It's, Did um, you- Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just, uh, you talked a lot about struggling to find your voice and did that scare mm-hmm. the shit out of you for a couple of years where you're like, Oh my God. Yes. Smash. I've t- I'm like, yes. why am I sober? Yes. I was writing something when I was drinking. And, exactly. And you the day that you found it again or was there like this moment where you're like, Oh, this is going to work out. You know, I, you know, I talk about this a little bit in the essay as yeah. well, but yeah, of course it's fucking scary. Yeah. You know, you get sober and you're like, Oh, I'm sober and I'm really not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what do I do? so cool. I I mean, maybe. I don't think so now. I think if I met me now, I would have been like, damn, girl, get your shit together. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Same old, same old. Um, But no, I I did struggle to find my voice. And, um, you know, I think a couple of things got me out of that. Uh, One was when I was suddenly able to start reading again. Um, I think it's pretty common in early sobriety to, you know, you can't read. Um, I've, I've sat down with women and tried, tried to read a chapter with them and they cannot get through a sentence. Yeah. Just or they, so scrambled. you're fucking scrambled, you know, um, you, you can't read, you, you don't retain what you've read. Mm-hmm. And for me, being able to read again was a really big deal because I started hearing other writers voices in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also be honest with you, and I am I am a mimic. Um, that is one of the ways that I, you know, sort of took care of myself, and I think got away with what I was doing for so long when I was using is that I would I would mimic normal. Um, I would impersonate a normal, you know, what I thought was normal, and in my writing, um, I would just you know brazenly copy whatever I was reading. So, you know, if you want a Hemingway-ish short story, I can give you that. If you want something that sort of fits Gerald-y, I can do that. Um, And that's not something that I do now because I have my own style. Mm -hmm. But I systematically analyzed um, short stories and novels written by people I admired. And then I would go through and, in some cases, line by line, you know, Mm -hmm. subject, verb, object, subject, you know, just die. Broke it down. Every single line, every single piece, like a kid taking apart a pocket watch. I just wanted to know how it worked. Yeah. But I mean, that, which is, a, I, I would say, a very legitimate process in almost any creative endeavor to, uh, as an exercise, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't hear a lot about other writers doing that, so right. it feels kind of weird to me. Uh. Um, but no, I, I did that until I felt confident copying. And then... Um, and then I just wrote a bunch. Um, one of the writers I was privileged to work with in my MFA is named Kelly Wells, who writes wonderful, trippy, you know, compassionate, magical realism. Mm-hmm. Um, she is excellent. And she, she described my work as protean, you know, like Proteus having many voices mm-hmm. and many shapes. And, um, and that is something that I credit to recovery. I think that uh, for me, part of my... Part of my nature is very fluid, um, you know, like like liquid. I, I take the shape of the vessel that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing that I'm really enjoying about the Top Shelf series with uh, Recovery Revolution mm-hmm. is is that I can speak in many voices. 
and uh, and that they can be those characters can be very distinct from each other. The stories can be standalone stories; they do not have to be interrelated. Um, so I hope that that's good for readers, as it's good for me. I, I have to think. So. I mean, as this reader, and I'm, I'm certainly biased, but um, <laughs> continues to to sort of. That, that's as you as you've submitted each new story that it, it I'm impressed each time beyond impressed but that that you have all these different voices um, that are so distinct from one another and I, to me that's you know I, it's a it's a, a talent that's sort of um, you know it, it's it's magic almost mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. me you know um, and I love it so I mean that that's doesn't do service to um, yeah. <laughs> To what you've been offering but um well thank you it, it just um it, you know it fascinates me each time to to read um you know this, this different thank you coming out no, of that characters. that means a lot um i think that I, i've given some thought about this um you you know i'm not in the room with you um i'm not um how do i put this when i'm in a group or when i'm in public um I, I really like to listen. I like to listen to other people's stories and their voices. Um, my family has a really strong storytelling tradition, mm-hmm. so I've been learning how to tell stories and listen since I was very, very young. So your parents tell good stories? Or your... My grandparents. Grandparents, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. My grandfather, my mom's dad in particular, was a huge influence on me. Yeah. Um, he's he's an amazing storyteller. He just makes shit up. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's wonderful. So there's that. And I think, um, you know, for, for me, it's a gift. Um, if I'm able to convey in a in a story something completely new and different in a voice you've never heard before, that means I'm doing my job. Um, I think that in this time, you know, like today, 2016, um, I think that there's such an emphasis on brand and having something that's recognizable immediately as you. Um, I think that what I do is not necessarily an asset to a brand. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that I'm maybe too ambiguous for something like that, mm-hmm. but it's something that I'm working out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like variety and I like diversity and I read and write in a way that is various and diverse. So um, I guess my brand is uh, hard to pin down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting about it, in terms of particularly what we're doing here with Top Shelf, um, is that, you know, we talked about it, it's sort of addiction fiction in that yeah. addiction and or sobriety and recovery, you know, is, is a, a common thread, even mm-hmm. if it's just like, you know, there's even just one stitch in the story yeah. um, mm-hmm. of that thread. But um, I think it, as a collection, and I think it's going to, my, my sense is you'll, you'll continue sort of adding dimension to it, mm. but um, is that it allows, there are a number of ways in, there are a number of entry points for people. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what I, exactly what I'm trying to say, but I think um, as a way to express sobriety recovery addiction there's like a a tremendous value in letting others see themselves yeah in the different voices and stories i think that's pretty Mm -hmm. important i think i think it is important yeah i mean your your site um but you know a few others as well uh dan's uh transformation is real you know any place where people are sharing their stories about recovery like Mm -hmm. the mutual identification super important um i think that when i was newly sober and again you know it's been nine years Mm -hmm. or something well it seems like a long time Um, (laughs) i mean maybe Um, boy, that happened fast. But I think in the beginning, I was really tempted to, you know, glamorize and go all like Brett Easton Ellis, American Psycho kind of, you know, I, to talk about that in, you know, in, in a way that, like you said, sort of brings the romance back into it and brings in like the excitement of being high or the excitement of the deal or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that that, 
you know, those memories of doing those things and being with those people in those places was very immediate for me. Um, and so that's really the only thing that I could think of when, when I was writing about addiction was like the, the war stories. Mm-hmm. We've all got war stories. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of boring to hear them after a while. Um, and so I think the benefit of, of having some, you know, some years is that not only have I been listening to other people's stories for a long time and listening carefully, um, but also, you know, I've been able to start moving outside of the sphere of just myself. You know, I see how, um, I see how my sobriety affects my family and specifically my relationships with each of my family members, especially my parents and my sister. Um, I see how my recovery has influenced the way that I communicate with my boyfriend. Um, I can see it. Um, I can see it in my child. Um, my son is uh, turned eight this year and has never seen me loaded, oh, um, cool. which is a gift. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I'm starting to see that like it affects more than just me. Like, it's about more than just me putting on a cape and saying, "Hey, y'all, I'm sober. Like, watch, watch me do this this thing." Yeah. You know. It's about way more than that. And I'm, I'm trying to represent those outside perspectives in my fiction. You know, it's, it's the girlfriend who finds her boyfriend's body. You know, it's, it's the brother sending a letter to his sister from fucking rehab camp. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the woman who's married to a porn addict. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this um, illness affects everybody around us whether we realize it or not yeah. and and just going through that and writing about those things has been very humbling for me and and all these s- subjects or topics is it just from hanging out in recovery circles and just sort of picking up these things and listening to these stories and sort of finding mm. something that's interesting that you just want to explore or is it just mm, generally not yeah. um god when i was in my when i was in my mfa program man i had this friend we actually went on to start a literary magazine together um but she told me man the story fucking kills me she she'd had a she had a very unusual family her father was an artist and she was raised in alaska um and so you know, there's this just huge amounts of empty, cold space. Mm-hmm. And she was telling one night, a group of friends, a tale about her father. Her father going out with some natives who he was acquainted with and drinking too much and starting a fire and doing this bear dance. Mm-hmm. Um, a bear dance that called up a bear. Mm-hmm. A bear appeared to them in you know in the leaping flames of the fire and then it was a real bear it was an actual no shit bear <laughs> you know and they're the all shit ass drunk correct the, the bear, dance. bear dance we have confirmed bear called the bear <laughs> so they all just you know they're shit ass drunk and they take off running running into the woods and yeah. you know it's it's a dad story so yeah. everything ends fine yeah. but she conveys this story to a group of friends at her, you know at uh, in a workshop and then was treated to the exquisite pleasure the following week of reading a short story that one of them had written about her father. Wow. Yeah. And hearing her tell that story made me decide that I was not going to be harvesting from other people's lives. It seems supremely unfair. I would hate it if somebody did that to me. Yeah. You know, I'm not a character in somebody else's story, and I would hate it if somebody heard something that I said um, in a meeting or, you know, among friends and thought, man, I'm going to write about that. Um, When I do write personal essays, I try to make it as clear as possible that it's merely my perspective. Um, But man, no. No, I I couldn't tell you where my my fiction comes from. Um, Yeah, your think. My muse, my muse, it's you. <laughs> Wanted muse. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, um, like Chris said, like there's an entry point somewhere, yeah. and I feel like you know, thank God I'm sober um, because my job now is to just stay aware of those entry points. You know, mm-hmm. um, the the runaway. Um, the story that went up on the site uh, this week Mm -hmm. that started with um, a description of a dream. And 
um, I had been, <laughs> I had been complaining about Portland and how I didn't like living here anymore and how I was tired of it. And the character of the city is changing and I wish I could leave. And I thought, well, where would I go? And I had this really, really clear memory, just like in the story of waking up in a room in Prague in my in my life it was Prague in right. real life it was yeah. Prague mm. and waking up in this place that just felt magic and safe and clean and peaceful and thinking if i could magically bend time and space and money and all of that other stuff if i could make that happen that is where i would go i would go there right now and i would not look back mm. and this is because you've been there or this is just the dream about what the place is like I have been there. Okay. And it was like um, that. It was like that. Yeah. Um, or, you know, to my memory, sure, it's like sure. that. And that's probably the important thing. I don't remember, you know, smelling like cigarettes all the time and like, yeah. you know, crying in the Jewish cemeteries. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> but no, um, I, I, think, um, I think that that's human nature. I also think yeah. it's human nature that's amplified in the addict. You know, that intense sense of nostalgia. Yeah. Of always wanting mm. to be somewhere you're not. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, the salad days. That oh, yeah. The salad days. <laughs> they were actually there, but they feel like it. Yeah. What, what's your, what was your bottom? Did we, did we talk about this? We haven't talked about this yet. My bottom. Yeah, oh, man. The bottom. The bottom. The bottom of the bottom. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, oh, God, war stories. I will spare you my war stories. Okay. Um, I will tell you that I took my first drink when I was, I think, 15. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I took like it, it was like a fish to water. Hmm. Um, It felt natural to me. I, um, you know, I went straight, I went straight for heroin. Um, That was my favorite. And I didn't do this whole gateway drug thing. I thought that was for sissies. <laughs> coming through. Yeah. Get Pretty much. I'm like, you know, I, I know what I want and so I want what I want. And when I, uh, when I, when I was, I think I was 16. Um, I was young. very young, very young and uh, carnivorous. Yeah. I'm 32 now. So, um, and I just, I loved being in that dark place. You know, I had this awareness that there was this like dark river flowing under all of life Mm -hmm. and that those of us who were partaking and using those things um, were part of this separate realm, you know, to walk around in an altered state and to have that other, that other eye was, um, it made me feel safe Mm -hmm. and it made me feel very powerful Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I dove right the fuck in. I did not try to fight it. I did not, you know, I, I hit it as well as I could, mm-hmm. but I, um, I was in with no reservations. And it wasn't until I tried to quit a couple of years later um, that I realized how, how deep I was in. Um, I, um, you know, my, my use continued and accelerated. Um, I, I overdosed on heroin, uh, shortly after my 18th birthday and, um, my heart stopped. And, uh, when I came to, um, I, you know, all the usual things, I will never do that again. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that happened you know, trying to reason with why it had happened and how I could, you know, already thinking like, well, how, how could I work this so that I could do it again, but not have that outcome. And, um, I think I lasted about 36 hours and then, you know, within 36 hours I was at a party, um, trying to be social and smoke weed or something stupid like that. And I ended up getting loaded and I can just, I still have the scar on my knee. I distinctly remember sitting on the back porch and extinguishing a cigarette on my knee mm. because I was so angry at myself wow. and because I was so desperate to have like some kind of negative mm-hmm. feedback for that. I'm like, I don't want to enjoy this as much as I do. And there was not a damn thing I could do about it. Um, you know, I, I did and I, I did all of the things that pretty young women do mm-hmm. when they are in addiction. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And I hung out with bad people and I went to dark places. But I will say that for me, the real bottom came when I I was 23. Yeah. It was 2007. I was newly married. Mm-hmm. And um, I, was, I was trying so hard to be good. Um, I had married a bartender <laughs> who... <laughs> who in short order became a drug and alcohol counselor. Wow. Yeah. Married while you're married? He didn't think I had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We were made for each That's other. Perfect. Oh, it was a very sick relationship for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But um, no, the bottom was, uh, you know, I'd been trying to be good. I'd been trying to like hold back and um, I went out. I went out in a little red dress and I got absolutely shit hammered and was so drunk that I couldn't read the street signs Mm. and he had to come find me. Mm. I stopped drinking when he came and found me. My first sober day was um, the morning after when he told me, if you ever pick up again, I will leave you. And Mm. I was so ashamed that I thought, I can take a week off and then I'll start again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be cool. Um, week. I'll talk about it. Was, it. Yeah, we'll be fine. He'll he'll forget all about this. Uh, um, the street names. Yeah, yeah. God, I, I couldn't. I just yeah. I was I just I was a mess. Wow. Um, I I lasted a month. I hallucinated. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sick. I I couldn't work. I was just a wreck. Mm. And then things started to get better. Um, I got pregnant. And I stayed sober through my pregnancy. And it wasn't until my son was maybe a year old or so. Um, we were using those organic cloth, you know, it was Portland, organic cloth sure. diapers, the reusable ones. Nice. And it gives it gives the baby that like nice big diaper booty, right? Sure. <laughs> and so we're sitting, you know, in our in our home in the West Hills. My then husband is now working in a hospital. You know, I drive a gold SUV and I've got a giant diamond and blonde hair. The whole fucking deal. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Five years ago, I was a gutter punk. You know, (laughs) I was was a really pissed off gutter punk. And now look at me. I am a fly bitch. (laughs) And I'm sitting there at like 24 Mm -hmm. in this beautiful home um, looking at my perfect child who's sitting up on his diaper booty and he reaches over and picks a Cheerio up off the rug and put it in his mouth. And that was the bottom for me because the desire woke up again. Wow. Really? And yes, I hurt. Like I, like you're, you know how it is. Like my whole body prickled. I drooled. I tasted vodka and cocaine and my brain said, he's self-sufficient. Now you can start. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So the pregnancy kind of, like you had a crazy month, got pregnant quick, and yeah. then you're like, I'm not yeah. obviously going to yeah. as well. I'm pregnant. Uh, of course not. And then of course not. motherhood takes over. Get him through a yeah. year. You're like, oh, he's a year yeah. now. He's cool. Year. He's, he's fine. He's, he's fine. practically he's old enough to drive. Yeah. He can make a fucking sandwich. You know? <laughs> I can was use like, again. Fuck, man. It happened so fast. And like wow. that year, like that year was hard you know i was you know i I will say we had all the material things yeah but i was married to someone who was extremely jealous and paranoid and possessive Mm -hmm. so i barely left my house Mm. you know i didn't go grocery shopping i had the groceries delivered i had no friends Mm. um i i I had no contacts um my then husband read my emails Mm. i didn't have a cell phone i was my my life was the size of our house yeah um so I was extremely fortunate that I had contact with like one person and I called her up and told her that I was feeling insane. I said, I don't know what's wrong with me. I have this taste and this smell and, and I, I want to leave the house. I want to go score. Yeah. And she said, well, hmm, do you mind if I put you on the phone with my boyfriend? And I said, well, it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Who? <Right. laughs> <Right. laughs> And so she hands the phone over, and motherfucker's been in AA for eight years, ah. which I didn't know. Motherfucker. 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 And he totally 12-stepped me, yeah, which right I... There. Right fucking there. I had no idea what was going on. And he asked me, what would you say if I told you that you never had to drink again, even if you wanted to? Yeah. That's a good And one. I... That was the line. That's a good I was line. In. I like that line. I was totally in. But that day, like the day... Yeah. Between the Cheerio and the first AA meeting I went to was the bottom. Wow. It was the, the, that was the hardest day. 
you know, beyond overdoses, beyond car chases, beyond drugs and hotel rooms and like all that other shit, beyond all of that Tarantino shit, the hardest day was looking at my baby and trying Mm -hmm. to decide what kind of life I was going to give him. Yeah. Wow. That was hard. So, so if her boyfriend hadn't gotten on the phone, what do you think would have happened? I wouldn't be talking to you guys. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so, so yeah. You, was that the first recovery meeting you went to, or was that was the first mm-hmm. AA meeting? That was the first AA meeting. I mean, I didn't know shit about AA. Yeah. Um, I still don't know shit about AA. Who am I kidding? Um, no, AA? that that was the first one. Do you go? Um, I do. I go. Good. Um, I have no complaints. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what um, supposed it's, to do. Shall we say it's not for the faint of heart, um, but I I have been I have been a happy recipient of the collective knowledge and patience and tolerance of that community yep. since 2010, I think. Okay. Um, so I mean, whenever I'm whenever I start thinking that maybe like maybe there's nothing else like maybe i just do the same like when i'm back to doing the same shit every day i go to a meeting mm-hmm. um and again you know i'm also really fortunate to have contact with other people who are doing this with and without you know there mm-hmm. is more than one way to skin a cat mm-hmm. and um you know as i've gotten more confident in my recovery um i've also been increasingly appreciative of people who do it without aa or without rehab or whatever um, I, I think the point isn't like, how did you get here? But are you here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just trying not to be an asshole about it. I love that line though. You never have to drink again. I remember when someone told me that and I couldn't conceive of that. And I thought, yeah. is it true? Like really? I never have to drink again. Even if you want to. Even like if a, you want to. Like a miracle. Like, no way. Is there a patch? <laughs> <laughs> but when you get into yeah. that, that's funny that that turned you, that that was like, oh, yeah. That was the thing. That yeah. got my attention. And yeah. then I went to my first meeting, and I heard, you know, the usual, like, keep coming back yeah. kind of stuff, which I clearly have listened to, right. um, because they can't kick me out. And <laughs> that's awesome when you realize that, like, you, you can't, can't oh, kick man. you out. You can't, you, you, you can't do shit. You can't do shit. <laughs> you can't do shit to me. Love and tolerance, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the other thing that I heard in my first meeting, which I love and think about every day, is that um, you know the, the longer you stay sober, the weirder shit gets. Um, I was told to uh, what did he say? Try sobriety. It's a long-acting psychedelic. <laughs> <laughs> you got some good ones up there. This is why I go, man. These Can one-liners. Do what you did in drinking in recovery, or what? Yeah, whatever that guy said. That was a good. Do one. yeah, do 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 sober, sober what, what you, you did. did drunk, and then recovery. It's a long-acting. It's a long-acting psychedelic. <laughs> it totally is, man. <laughs> I'm serious. Awesome. Like life That's is beautiful. fucking beautiful. Yeah. and i never expected to have this i never did i i never thought that i would be able to form a complete sentence much less have you know a relationship or friends who really cared about me or a job where i'm invited back every day Mm. um you know that has like you know where you're paid with a real paycheck and not in cash um, you know, I never thought that I would have, I'm serious. Like I never thought I would have an apartment with my name on the lease. Yeah. Um, I never thought that I would be self-supporting without, you know, a husband to take care of mm-hmm. me. I never thought that I would be single parenting. Um, you know, all of this stuff, like I, this is like, this is my life today. And I never thought that I would be brave enough to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That is. That's super awesome. I love it. I feel very lucky, guys. Yeah. I hope you do, too. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is funny. Well, we talked about this a little. Yeah. When you get in there, you think you're just a morally... I couldn't figure it out anymore. Like, I had gone so far. I just thought I was yeah. a bad person. That was it. That's the way life's going to go for me. Yeah. Just, you're a sinner. You're just a sinner. You're a sinner. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Sin hard. Yeah. And then, yeah, you just kind of like Charlie Sheen. It. There's a point where you're like, you have to like, Charlie Sheen just went for it. He's like, I'm a sinner and I'm just. He's in. I'm in. And I'm going to He's in deep. This, and I'm not. Tiger changing. blood. Fuck all you people. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to this point and you're like, 
yeah, it's just a transformative mm-hmm. experience, right? And it is. Yes. It sounds like that's that is funny that you just don't think that any of this stuff will ever come. And now you now you have a life, right? You just have a life like I everyone do. else. Right? No, I don't hold up. <laughs> that's like that. That's the one thing I don't want. Is the life like I, everyone else? I don't. I don't ever want to be normal. Yeah. I think. I mean, I love who I am today, and I love that I'm a weirdo. Um, and I, I, I catch myself sometimes continuing to like impersonate a normal person and that's not who I am. Um, I think the freakier that we are and the more that we share that and celebrate it Mm -hmm. and write about it and sing about it, I think the happier we will be. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really terrific point. I love that point because I think so many people think that in sobriety and recovery, Mm. It's about normalizing no. behavior. It's yeah. about normalizing no. yourself into society. But I, yeah. you got to bring all of you, right? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, everything. I, I stay all the time. You know, it's like I, I love. I'm, I'm, I like myself a lot. It's when you introduce <laughs> other people into the equation that yeah. um, you know I, I feel less. You know, you know yeah. that I, that I have trouble. Um, yeah. But you know, in isolation, I, I like all my. Yeah. I mean, it's no, it's good to be quirky. I mean, I didn't get sober so that I could just be normal. What's the point? Yeah. What your freak flag? Fly. Yeah. Fly a baby. I'm I'm like, I'm continuing to be challenged by the notion of do sober what you did drunk. And I'm just trying to decide if I have, if at this point I have the courage to do shit like that. To do that. Um, Mm. I'll have to think about that. Yeah. Well, what's, what's one thing? What's one thing? Oh God! One thing. One, just one thing. I'll tell you what. I, I used to dance like a motherfucker when yeah. I was using and drunk. I used to yeah. love dancing. I, yeah. I don't know that I've danced once since I've been. <gasps> We're going clubbing. You don't now. dance. Let's go. Clubbing. Yeah, go cl- mm-hmm. dance with your daughter. Well, no, I do that. And I mean, oh, okay. I danced at my wedding, and yeah. but I mean, I don't okay, go clubbing. Good. I don't know yeah. if I could go get on a dance floor and like. <gasps> and do. You that. totally could. Uh, you I could. don't know. Oh man, that'll be fun. That'll be like a little challenge. That's, that's a good that's what challenge. I'm about. That's uh, that's that that, that would be that alone when you brought that up and that yeah. you you are living that. Um, I think is something that uh, you know it's gonna give me a, a lot of lot to think about. Um, and I, I would challenge everybody that that has heard that to think about that because maybe everybody's or maybe everybody's doing it, and I'm just not. I don't think <laughs> but, so. Um, no, I don't think so. No. I don't. But, th- I think we forget about that but, shit. Yeah, well, it's like things get good. Yeah. In a on the flip side of sort of when you said my world was my my house for me mm-hmm. uh, the way i look at that that's that's a positive my world is my house mm-hmm. i'm like such a tremendous introvert mm-hmm. um and uh that that uh, i like nothing better than to be at to hang home, chill quite yeah. frankly but that's your choice. Right. No, I get it. I understand that. I'm just... Yeah. Yeah, no, I... I uh... But I like that idea. Like, well, a lot of the reasons we felt free using at the beginning when it was fun mm. was you yeah. dropped your inhibitions. We're right. just like, oh, life is so sweet because you just... Mm-hmm. And if you can find that in sobriety, life is still that sweet. Right. Right? Yeah. Just, I think so. I keep, yeah, and it keeps it interesting. I mean... Yeah, well, and you think about it, like, I mean, I, I would have brief periods of sobriety, you know, where I'd be, like, freaked out and take a couple days off or switch substances, and inevitably it was boredom that led me to pick up again. Yeah. Lot, so as long as I'm... Everyone's biggest fear, right, when they get in... Yeah. I could see it in that guy's eyes with three days. He was like, this is going to be boring. He just came oh, God. up whatever, like, whatever, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, you could just tell. Yeah. He's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. It's I traded. Really I traded strippers for I'm a cardigan. Numb. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm numb. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm numb. It can't be like that because there's no point in no. it. No. No. Yeah. Let's if it go. doesn't keep getting Let's better, go. there's absolutely no point in I'm starting. You. You know. I'm you. Hmm. All right. All righty. Um, good, talk. Go. good talk. Good, good talk. talk. <laughs> High five. I like you. High five. Fist bump. <laughs> Hands in. Um, <laughs> all right. And. Uh, all right. Well, Claire, thank you so much. It was it was well past time that uh, we we hosted you. Yeah. We, well, we thank you. I can't believe us. you haven't been on. And um, <laughs> you keep writing for us. You keep doing what you do. We'll for real. Reading. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. It's and great we'll, talking with you. You're going to Austin, right, in November? Maybe. Okay. I just invited you. So that, oh, well. It's for atheists. <laughs> it's going to be it's, it's <laughs> talk about the craziest fun thing ever. It's the My wafty-ac. favorite. Wafty That's excellent. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, and all, uh, well, a bunch, I, yeah, a That'd bunch of people are going that I think yeah. you know yeah. by the Twitter. Sounds great. But uh, anyway, it sounds great. We're gonna go I like clubbing, science. Yoga, <laughs> and to this conference. Right. Sign me up. All right. <laughs> right on. You guys have a great evening. Thanks. You too, Claire. Bye. Thanks. Um. So that was great. That was great. And it's interesting. Uh, we're, we're talking about um, you know, recovery isn't when you get sober, life doesn't by default have to become. Um, you know, boring. It, no. it doesn't have to, you don't have to no. flatline your life. And um, I just got an email the other day from a reader. I think I'll probably publish it in the mailbag. But um, she just mentioned that uh, we, she said, you, Jeff, Matt, and you, um, and since right now, was a pivotal piece in starting my recovery process because it helped me realize that life after drinking uh, could still carry on with humor. Oh, good. And uh, so it's just... Uh, I think a message well worth. Yeah. It's dead true. Uh, you got to find that. Um, so. Yeah, but go read Claire if you haven't read it because she's tremendous. She's tremendous writer. Really good, right? Absolutely. Like super talented. Like, and that's the other thing. Like, you can work hard, but she's got, the girl got talent. So yes. She's doing that. Uh, the Recovery Revolution dot online uh, backslash uh Fiction dash TOC is, is the fiction table contents, but no. you can find it if you recovery revolution dot online and uh so. Another clean and sober intervention.